The 2023 season is right around the corner. And as players and coaches prepare in OTAs around the country, who are some of the players that could have breakout seasons for the Indianapolis Colts in the fall? Well, let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here by my co-host and fellow writer at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Uh, guys, for our YouTube audience, we are not live this evening. I have a prior commitment. The wife and I uh, going to a concert, tickets that I bought her uh, for Valentine's Day. So sorry we couldn't make it live. But hey, at least we're here on your screens talking some Colts football with you. But Drake, how you doing, man? Uh, we just talked a couple days ago about what the offense could look like with Anthony Richardson. Now we're kind of deviating a little bit from Anthony Richardson, talking about some other guys that can really have a big impact on, on such a crucial uh, and, and I think exciting 2023 season ahead for the Colts. Yeah, and um, it feels a little weird not to be like, like, look at my hands. They're shaking. I'm not I'm not about to talk about Anthony Richardson. Like, what's going on? But <laughs> um, No, it's it's exciting. A lot of people, um, even outside of Anthony Richardson, Josh Downs, and everyone's super duper excited about the draft picks. But some of these guys that were rookies last year, some of the guys that are coming onto the team uh, for the first time, they're going to get a real crack at their first, like, big year with a guy like Steichen and Gus Bradley feels probably more invigorated now with the rest of the team kind of new around him too. So there's going to be some guys we're going to talk about that I think are going to make a big impact um, and they could make one as soon as week one. And with the Colts being uh, a younger team, I mean, really, they don't have uh, any players that are over the age of 30, I think, or or they might have one player that's over the age of 30. They're, they're honestly a, a fairly young team. So they've got a lot of guys that still are, are trying to prove themselves in the NFL. And, and with Shane Steichen uh, and this new coaching staff, this new culture that they're bringing in, I think it's going to have a really positive impact for a lot of guys. And, and we'll detail those guys here tonight. But before we do that, guys, we really appreciate all your support from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, the numbers have been fantastic, and we would just want to continue climbing. Uh, and with your help, we can do that. So please, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and give us a follow on all of the pl social media platforms like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on Twitter, subscribe to Horseshoe Huddle on YouTube, and hit that bell so you know when Drake and I are going live, whenever Destin and Shad are going live. They had a fun uh, uh, question or Q&A episode last night that you guys heard. Uh, so really, we really appreciate all this. And if you can't listen to us live, shout out to our podcast listeners on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get us on your podcast podcast platforms we really do appreciate you guys as well rate subscribe and review it really helps us with the charts so that way we can reach more colts fans just like you uh, to make a better community of colts fans of people that just want to talk about colts football so once again we, we are really appreciative of all the support and we're just getting started so so come along for the ride so so drake Without further ado, let's really dive into it. So we're going to talk about five breakout players uh, or five players who are poised for a breakout season for the Colts in the 2023 calendar year. And, and I think, as I was kind of alluding to before, 
they have a lot of candidates for this. It, we're, we're, we were trying to narrow down our list of five. It was honestly kind of tough to pinpoint just five different guys uh, that really could have a breakout. But but in my opinion, I think we really came down to the five guys that have the best chance of, of breaking out in 2023. And and I'd be surprised, honestly, if, if we didn't see a, a jump in play from all five of these guys. Yeah, and it's hard to find, you know, it was hard to narrow down five because of just the dumpster fire that was last year and the talent you knew that was on the team during that dumpster right. fire. And you were just constantly saying to yourself, man, they're really not getting that, that, that you know, fair chance to shine. Uh, so I, I, I'm i right there with you. I think these five guys, especially with everything laid out the way it is and as, as bright as the future currently looks, it could be pretty exciting to watch them, especially uh, right here in 2023 with everything hitting the ground running. Right. Absolutely. And I think let's let's kick it off with the guy that I think most people are expecting to have a big jump this year is is tight end Jelani Woods. Uh, he I mean, after a stellar rookie campaign, he didn't really see the field too much. But when he did, man, it was he was hard to stop. And in an offense that was really uh, a, a dumpster fire, as you said, but but really it was hard to actually get play a lot of playmakers involved just because of the the quarterback carousel that was going on with the 2022 Colts but but Jelani Woods I think is absolutely primed to have a huge season in 2023 and and could really take over as this Colts as as the Colts tight end of the future starting this season yeah and um something that's really interesting is his numbers I mean 25 catches 312 yards three touchdowns you know you look at those and you're like eh you know that's not really that impressive but he actually led all tight ends. Okay. And we're talking about, he also competed with Kylan Granson. He competed with Mo Alley Cox, by the way, three years, $18 million is Mo's contract. Uh, and this was a rookie who led all the tight ends uh, in catches. The thing that stands out to me though, is 16 of those 25 catches. So that's 64% of his catches were for first downs. Okay. So Drake That's has come out with the heavy hitting stats tonight. It's not often I have to do this, but <laughs> Jelani Woods, there's a reason that I went and bought that guy's jersey. I, I'm telling you, I think that he's going to be great. He's a constant mismatch with his, that six seven frame. He could be a huge red zone target for a guy that's getting used to the offense like Minshew. Should he start or a guy that's getting used to the league like Richardson? He's deceptively quick for his size, and I mean deceptively quick. And he can also make nearly any contested catch you know that's within his vicinity being so large so you put all those factors in and Shane Steichen at the helm and a guy like Anthony Richardson that's going to be depending on Woods and looking for Woods man that could be a really good year for Jelani Woods to bounce back and right here in his sophomore season Right. And I think, I think you just alluded to it. One of the biggest reasons for me that I think Jelani Woods can have a big year too is because of Shane Steichen. I mean, you look at, the, at how he incorporated tight ends over the past couple seasons of Philadelphia. You're talking about Dallas Goddard, uh, who has ascended into one of the, one of the best tight ends in the league. I would say he's probably in the upper echelon with, with Travis Kelsey and, and George Kittle, Mark Andrews. But, but I would think when you're thinking of tight ends, he's probably in that, that second tier. And, and, and the way they, the way Shane Steichen has used tight ends, he's not afraid to put guys in line. He's not 
afraid to put him in the slot. Really, I think with Jelani Woods, he's he's such a weapon for his size, being six foot seven, two hundred and and sixty one pounds, or, or I'm sorry, two hundred and fifty three pounds, being able to run a four six one forty. I mean, I used to say that that when Mo Ali Cox was running with the football in the open field, he he looked like an angry moose. Uh, if Mo Ali Cox was an angry moose, I don't even I don't even know what uh what rangy animal to compare Jelani Woods to uh maybe maybe a an angry hippopotamus an angry uh we said an angry rhinoceros for for Anthony Richardson on on Monday but Jelani Woods is just he's got so much untapped potential and and it does take tight ends a little bit of time for them to really get used to the NFL game it's very rare you see a rookie tight end show up in the NFL and and immediately be be a, a pro bowler or an all pro it took travis kelsey a couple years it took rob Gron- rob gonkowski a couple years george kittle these guys it takes them a little bit to adjust to the nfl game but i think with jelani woods you he's just so versatile as a tight end yes i do think he needs to improve on his blocking to be placed in line more and and the better he is as a blocker that just means he's going to be on the field more. So I think that should be an area of focus for him this offseason. And I think it will be with, with tight ends coach Tom Manning. But when you have a, a, a guy that, that is just such a mismatch out there on the field, and, and every time he caught the ball, like you were saying, it just seemed like it went for first downs or went for touchdowns or went for conversions. And, and when he did get the ball in the open field, he was a lot to bring down. It took two to three guys to bring down a player of that size. So when you have that weapon and you have a young rookie quarterback like Anthony Richardson there in the fold, He's, he's going to be used as a really good security blanket, I think, for Anthony Richardson and and really someone that the Colts should be able to use uh, at, a, at a high rate within their offense. Well, and the thing is, like, I can't remember the last time. I don't even think I, I know if the Colts have ever had a, a tight end quite like this. I mean, even going back to Dallas Clark, more of your move slot tight end, mm-hmm. and you got Kobe Fleener, who's more of the lean pass-catching type, and Dwayne Allen, who was kind of the same but maybe a little bit bigger. This is a this is a behemoth of a human being. Okay, this guy is six foot seven, like you said, 255, 260 pounds, a four six forty. I think it fellow tight end Will Mallory just ran like a four five five forty, and it was the fastest of all tight ends in the draft. That gives you an idea on how fast Jelani Woods is. Now put that frame along with that speed. That is just hell to to tackle in the open field if you're a defensive back. Good luck. Right, right, and and I, I again, I I think it's we're going to see quite an improvement from Jelani Woods in multiple areas. I mean, there were there were some times last year where it looked like he was he was invisible. Uh, he wasn't able to reach the field. A lot of it because he wasn't there quite there yet with with his blocking. Uh, there were some drops that Jelani Woods had that that were a little bit concerning. But at the same time, it's it's he's a rookie. He's gonna make those mistakes. But I'm really expecting a, a big a big jump in year two. And I think a lot of that will come with just being able to play more snaps. If Jelani Woods is out there, I'd have to check and and see how often or what percentage of the snaps Jelani Woods played last year. But I think if he can reach closer to 40 or 50% of the snaps at tight end, you're going to see a monster season out of, out of number 80. So uh, I, I think, 
I think the Colts are in really good hands with Jelani Woods. And then we'll have to see about the can Mo Alley Cox have a rebound. Uh, how does Drew Ogletree uh, come for technically his rookie season after tearing his ACL in training camp? Kylan Granson is still in that room. And, and you already mentioned Will Mallory. So a lot of talent, a lot of talent, a lot of unknowns at the tight end room. Uh, but, but I think with Tom Manning there back at the helm as that tight ends coach, you're going to see a, a really good group in 2023. Moving along to our next guy who we think can have a breakout season another player from the offensive side of the ball and this guy i mean he sort of broke out last year but i think we could be looking at, at a serious number two wide receiver in alec pierce in 2023 yeah and the th- the the thing that's both awesome and kind of sad about pierce is that he had three different quarterbacks throwing him the ball on an offense that didn't really have coaching consistency and that same offense didn't really take a lot of deep shots which is what he does best because he's still trying to round out that route running. Um, but look, like Woods, he can win 50-50 balls. Okay, that mm-hmm. is huge for a rookie quarterback that also is working on his accuracy. Couldn't find you can't find anything better. That's like that's the that, that's a guy like his, uh, Richardson's best friend. He could be he could kind of maybe even be leaned on like a wide receiver. One, not saying that he'll you know supplant Pittman Jr., but he could be leaned on that way with the skill set that he has matching with Richardson's strengths and Steichen's, you know, vision for the offense, just glimpses last year, there were consistent, there were consistent performances, but not every week. I think you're going to see that more consistently this time. You're going to see week after week, more like four catches maybe for Pierce rather than one catch. And then you've got a game of six catches and then a game of one catch. You saw a lot of that. Um, He does need to increase his route running proficiency, but I think that if he can do that with his size, he could be a really big problem. And again, he can also, like Woods, be a huge red zone target for fades, for short throws, for mismatches, sky up and get that ball. The Colts just have so many pass catching options that are just so big. And I never really understood why Frank Reich didn't take advantage of that when in his time with the Colts. I mean, you have all these big wide receivers with six foot four Michael Pittman, six three Alec Pierce, uh, six foot five Mo Alley Cox, six seven Jelani Woods. And and he, the Colts just never really took advantage of, of their big, their big power forward type players in the red zone when when you would expect those guys to excel the most. So I'm, I'm hoping Shane Steichen will really try to take advantage of that. But but speaking of Shane Steichen, I mean, what has he said since since we've since he's became the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, pass to score points and we're gonna run to win. So when you're thinking of of Shane Steichen, and we and we've already talked about this before. You're, you can expect more deep shots down the field, uh, more more opportunities for explosive plays. And and I think that's that's exactly where Alec Pierce is going to excel. Uh, when you talk about Anthony Richardson, one of the best things, one of the things that he is best at uh, as a young football player is throwing that deep ball. So who's pro- who's arguably the best wide receiver for the Colts when it comes to tracking the ball deep and winning those jump ball situations, it's, it's Alec Pierce. So when you have a guy like that on the outside, being able to throw it up to him and, and, and really just having confidence that Alec Pierce is going to come down with that ball, relying on what he did in college at Cincinnati. I mean, he was a former volleyball player uh, and he's, his brother is a basketball player at Princeton. I mean, he's got the hops for, for a white boy, but Alec Pierce, I mean, that's, that's where he really excels at. And I think that's where Shane Steichen is going to take advantage of. I mean, another thing that I think is really crucial about Alec Pierce as well Last year, Alec Pierce was viewed more as a wide receiver three. When the Colts only had two wide receivers out there, 
it was most of the time Pittman and Paris Campbell. And Alec Pierce would come in during those three wide receiver sets. That's not going to be the case anymore. Alec Pierce is the number two wide receiver this year behind Michael Pittman. So on those two wide receiver sets, Alec Pierce is going to be the one out there getting more playing time, more snaps, and more opportunities with Shane Steichen at the helm. Well, and to kind of reflect the same thing with Jelani Woods, so Pierce had 41 catches, 593 yards, two touchdowns, which that's sad because you think mm-hmm. that he would have more just, you know, watching all the deep passes he caught. Here's the thing, though. As opposed to 16 of 25 catches being first downs, how about 28 out of 41 catches being first downs? That is ridiculous. Why wasn't he throwing the ball more down the field? Clearly, he could. He clearly he was a deep threat, uh, even in his rookie season. So, Man, I really am excited, super-duper stoked just to see what Steichen's got in store for Alec Pierce, just to see what Richardson or if Minshew starts. I can even envision Minshew taking some deep shots with, with Alec Pierce. He is the quintessential go-up-and-get-it guy. If he, can just, if he can just shore up his route running, it's over for certain defensive players that can't deal with his size. Right, and you, and you talk about the, the, uh, the why – the ball wasn't thrown more to Alec Pierce. It's because there were guys like uh, Matt Ryan, Nick Foles trying to throw him in the football, Sam Ellinger, guys that that obviously could not do that last year. But let's let's move along to our our final uh, offensive player uh, that is poised for a breakout. The lone player on the offensive line that we think could break out, and that is left tackle Bernard Ryman, who. When, when you look at him, I mean, you think, man, are, do the Colts really have left tackle figured out? I, I might be I might be a little bit more optimistic than most on Bernard Ryman just because watching how he progressed throughout the season there at left tackle, he took his lumps. Uh, there were good times, there were bad times, but as we saw him go throughout the season, especially late in the year, he was pretty solid to end 2022. What do you think, Drake? Man, you put all of the factors in with how he came out of college, third-round pick, former tight end. He had limited snaps as a left tackle. And you throw him in to the the ridiculous game that was against the Broncos where it was seven field goals between Mm -hmm. two teams. He looked like he had no idea what was going on. Okay, but I will give Frank Wright credit. He kept Bernard Ryman in that game to get through those mistakes. And it just seemed like week after week, like you said, he just continued to get better. He showed consistency as the year was winding down on a terrible football team, arguably became potentially I think I think he was either the best run blocker by PFF or the best pass blocker. I can't remember, but he was one of the best blockers on the team. If he can keep that up, he could be one of the top linemen. His athleticism will keep him up with Richardson in the backfield, I do think. I also think he might be used in some exotic blocking schemes just because of how how his footwork is and how athletic the guy is. And with the speed of of that footwork, I think that he could be a safety blanket for Richardson's blind side and uh, a guy that maybe Richardson, if he can get that consistency, he won't need to worry about that left side as much. Yeah, and so so last year, Bernard Raymond graded out as the 25th overall offensive tackle uh, in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. So that was 25th out of 81 tackles, which really isn't too bad when you consider everything. Uh, as a pass blocker, he was the 38th best tackle, uh, and as a run blocker, the 18th best run blocking uh, offensive tackle in the NFL. And, and here's the thing, too. When, when looking at the overall season grades, I think it was after week 10 
Bernard Ryman was around the 30, 34th, 35th, somewhere around there, uh, overall tackle. But then once you once you reach that second half of the season, Bernard Ryman was close to a top 10 graded offensive tackle in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. Now, Pro Football Focus isn't the end-all, be-all as far as grades and how, it's play, how everything is played. But, but you know what is the, the film? You can't hide from the film. And when you turn on the film and watch Bernard Ryman uh, towards the end of the year, you see a player that, that things are starting to click. I mean, yes, he still does have some issues with his play strength, but as he's told us this offseason, he's been in the weight room. He's put on a, a considerable amount of weight already this offseason, and he's planning to do that more. And it's not just – it's not fat, guys. It's This is pure muscle that he is putting on uh, through, the, through this offseason to up his play strength, be able to hold up against those stronger defensive linemen. So when you put that on, together another year in this offense another year next to Quentin Nelson the biggest thing for Bernard Ryman is just to get more reps so hopefully he can stay healthy and I think if he does and gets more reps we're really going to see him come into his own and you're going to see a more consistent Bernard Ryman in 2023 and and someone that I think can really hold up uh, against some of the better edge rushers that the NFL has to offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and what I'm really thinking of is that you got to feel, if you're a Colts fan, you got to feel happy to see that because ever since Anthony Costanza left the team, you've just really not had any consistency at such an important position. There's only one left-handed passer in the NFL, and that's Tua Tagovailoa. Okay, so he's the only guy who his blind side is the right tackle. All right, that's it. So you got to have it short up on that left side. It looked really good at the end of last year. I'm telling you, if Bernard Ryman can continue that kind of development, it'll be really cool to see him mesh with a new coach like Steichen that understands just how important it is to get an offensive line humming for the running game. Right. And and if here and if the Colts can solve their left tackle problem with the third round pick out of Central Michigan, just give them a couple years to develop. Uh, I think everybody is going to be on board with that because that is like you said, it's been a massive hole since Anthony Costanzo retired in 2020. If the Colts can have their quarterback hole fixed with Anthony Richardson, you have that left tackle hole fixed with Bernard Ryman, you're going to go places very very quickly because when those two premium positions have premium players there and i'm not saying bernard ryman needs to be an all pro i mean hell anthony richardson or i'm sorry anthony costanzo uh rather never made a pro bowl in his entire career but when you look back on it you think man anthony costanzo was a rock solid left tackle for the indianapolis colts and if the colts could get another anthony costanzo type player out of bernard ryman sign me up i would be all for that so let's let's go to the defensive side of the ball here and and here's a guy that that i think really didn't get 
the opportunities with his last team because the people that he were behind were all pros and pro bowlers. And that's Sans, uh, Samson Ebukam, uh, the, the defensive end that the Colts signed from the San Francisco 49ers in free agency this this season. Drake, to me, as soon as this, this signing was made and, and as I dove into Ebukam's game, this really reminded me of when the Colts signed Danico Autry uh, a few years ago, uh, a player that has been kind of buried on the depth chart, but when he's had opportunities to play, he's made the most of it, and all he needs is a full is a starting opportunity. And I think Ebukam is going to get that with the Colts and really shock a lot of people. Yeah, and one of my favorite things about him is uh, like his stats aren't going to blow off the page at you, but you got to keep in mind this guy was a rotational piece, all right? right. He wasn't given the snaps he was supposed to have. It, 20, 2019, four and a half sacks. 2020, four and a half sacks. 21, four and a half sacks. Last year, five sacks. With his limited snaps, this guy makes the most of his opportunities. He is also far better in run defense than Yannick Ngakwe. That's not a personal dig on Yannick. That's just where a lot of teams would run the ball is over to Yannick's side because he would over pursue. This is not the same guy. He's going to plant right there with the tackle with the defense or with the offensive lineman. And he's going to try to move the guy wherever that running back's going to choose. He's going to sit right there and wait for that running back. Um, I think if he's given more snaps, I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think he's an eight to 10 sack kind of guy. I think his Ooh. motor, I think his motor will wear down people. I think that he doesn't stop moving. He doesn't stop like grinding and scratching to get to the quarterback. And and lastly, I think if Dio Dangbo, okay, who's another guy that you could have easily put on this list, and Quiddy Pay, if they can get their their motors running, you put in Samson Ebicom, boy, that's a really difficult defensive end rotation to deal with. And he could actually come out of it looking better than he ever has in his entire career. Right. And and that's the thing, too, is I think Samson Ebukam really fits the mold of of what Gus Bradley wants in a Leo as well. And, and that that smaller defensive end, he's only six foot three, 245 pounds. So he isn't a big dude by by defensive end standards, but but neither was Unique Ngakwe. And Unique Ngakwe still got nine and a half sacks last year, but the quality of the sack is what's going to be different. Uh, you're, you're not just going to have Unique Ngakwe or, or someone in there that's that's cleaning up uh, the messy, getting the messy sacks where, where the quarterback's trying to scramble around, the play is dead, and, and he just kind of gets it gets the sack that way no samson abukum is was one of the guys that that led the league in pressure opportunities last year and, and so there's it's just a different quality of pass rush with unique Ngakwe, you're you're getting more of the cleanup sacks that's why his numbers were so high samson abukum it's not only is he going to I think rack up good sack numbers. I, I think he there, his ceiling could be a, a 10 sack guy, double digit sack. I would say my realistic prediction this year would probably be around that eight, eight and a half mark. But I think that'd be, I think I would accept that from a book. But, uh, but you're also going to get the constant pressure because as you said, and this is something that he has been praised about from his college days, from all of his coaches there with the 49ers, Abukam or Abukam, excuse me. It's Abukam's motor just does not stop. He plays 110% every play that he is out there, no matter if it's a run play, a pass play. He doesn't take those plays off. He is constantly in attack mode. And, and when you pair that with somebody or pair a guy like Abukam next to DeForest Buckner, 
Grover Stewart, Quiddy Pay, if he can get a fully healthy year. Because uh, I think Quiddy Pay, he only played 12 games last year, but he had six sacks. So a fully healthy season for Quiddy Pay, you're looking at another guy that's got eight and a half sacks his second year. And if you can get nine, 10, 11 sacks each out of your bookends, out of uh, Ebukam and Quiddy Pay, Man, the Colts would take that in a heartbeat, especially when you can count on another eight sacks from DeForest Buckner up in the middle. But but I think that the biggest thing out of all of this is just going to be that Ebukam, even if he doesn't get a sack, he's still going to create pressure and, and force quarterbacks to throw the ball when they're not ready, which which doesn't really show up in the stats sheet or 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 the the box score, as as people like to say. But those are the types of plays that defensive linemen can really affect the game and 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 make it so an offense can't get things going. And there's only five. Well, I mean, there's more there's more blockers at times than five offensive linemen. But look, if you have one guy that is just in the first quarter and then the fourth quarter, he has just continued to keep that motor running. He is going to wear down whoever has to continuously block him. Well, guess what? Then you're opening up lanes. Then you're opening up blitz opportunities. You're opening up opportunities for your opposite side defensive end, your interior defensive lineman. I mean, a guy like him can can speak, can absolutely produce far more than his numbers will show, which I think he will. Right. And and if you told me that at the end of the 2023 season that Samson Ebukam uh, comes in and has nine and a half sacks and, and racks up 30 to 40 pressures, that would not that would not surprise me in the slightest. I think this is, was a very underrated signing for the Indianapolis Colts, and I think it's going to turn out to be a very, a very productive signing for the Colts when, when everything's said and done. Uh, but the last player we're going to talk about, again, from the other side of the ball, this was a guy that honestly I thought 2022 would be his breakout year. I thought he was going to get the opportunity. It turns out when he was on the field, he did show it. I mean, when you look at, at what he was able to do coverage-wise, uh, I think uh, Pro Football Focus had him ranked as, as a top 10 cornerback last year. But this is the year where Isaiah Rogers Sr. finally gets a full-time starting role on this defense. And, man, I think he is just going to explode on the scene. Drake, what do you think about Isaiah Rogers Sr. in 2023? I think he was robbed last year because in 2021, <laughs> this is a guy who started one measly game. Okay. He played in all 17, started one game, three interceptions, seven passes, defense, 49 tackles, a tackle for loss. I mean, this is a guy who had a fumble recovery. He, and he still did all this while playing special teams. Okay. This is a guy mm -hmm. who has got all of the freaking skills to play. It's just for some reason last year, again, I don't mean to keep going back to this, but it's truly hard to gauge anything outside of maybe Michael Pittman's volume catching numbers. Okay. Everything else was just so hard to, to really judge now as opposed to then. And, you know, is a guy going to improve or not when he only started nine out of 15 games and he didn't get the snaps he was supposed to get. I really think that now he is going to be that bona fide, uh, you know, DB two CB two. He's definitely going to be the number one guy on the outside. He's going to be taking mm -hmm. on some of the tougher receivers, I think he's ready. I really do. This isn't just a, a fanboy side. I think that, you know, he's five foot ten. He's a little bit undersized, but he packs a punch. He's physical. Um, I think that he's earned his stripes. That's my biggest thing. He's earned it. He's earned the right to start on the defense um, as the cornerback, too, with all of his logs at special teams and all the stuff he dealt with last year in the critics, um, as you know, who we're talking about. 
I think that Isaiah Rogers is primed and ready. And if Juju Brents, okay, can hit the ground running, Kenny Moore can get back to his playing ways, maybe you'll see five. Maybe you'll see six interceptions. Who knows? However they use Isaiah Rogers, he's going to be ready, and I think he's going to produce. Isaiah Rogers was the fifth ranked cornerback by pro football focus in 2023 the only players that were ahead of him were sauce gardner of the new york jets patrick sertan the second from the denver broncos jalen ramsey of the los angeles rams now he's with the miami dolphins and and duke shelley who is with the las vegas uh raiders so uh, that's that's rare company uh I, three out of those four names are all pro pro bowlers in in sauce gardner patrick sertan and and jalen ramsey and and, and uh, the way i envision isaiah rogers senior being used this year is is more of that weak side cornerback in gus bradley's scheme and 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 what i mean by that is you're gonna see isaiah rogers take on a lot of the a lot of more man assignments because he has four three speed. Uh, he is the the aggressor uh, when it comes to that. He is a ball hawk. He can while he may be five foot ten, that hasn't really been a been a big factor or, or stopped him from producing when he has had the chance on the field. But the weak side defender, the weak side cornerback in Gus Bradley's scheme does take on more of the man match opportunities. Uh is and, and that's kind of where Isaiah Rogers fits. He's better in man coverage and in zone. He's able to make plays on the ball that way, really utilize his speed to stick with those wide receivers. And, and then on your strong side, that's let's talk about your, your bigger, more physical corners who, who can kind of sit back in zone, uh, help and run support. That's going to be your Juju Brent. So that when we talk about that this upcoming season and the little differences that each one of them is going to play, it, that, that's, that's what we're talking about. But it also falls in line with their strengths. Isaiah Rogers Sr., a speed guy, more of a ball hawk, better in man coverage, so he's going to be that weak side. Juju Brents, big, physical, not as fast, but can really excel in zone, use those instincts and, and help in run support, kind of lay the boom a little bit on those tackles. You're going to see him more as the strong side cornerback. But but either way, I, I really, I'm really excited for Isaiah Rogers Sr. I, I know that, that Gus Bradley had his guy last year and Brandon Faison and, and really wanted Brandon Faison to play. But as we all saw, Brandon Faison had a terrible, terrible 2022 season did not deserve to have the playing time that, that he had last year thankfully he is no longer with the indianapolis colts and i think really the starting cornerback spot that isaiah rogers senior has it's really his to lose and and we also forget isaiah rogers senior's in a contract year this is his last season with the colts it's it's his time to go out there and, and prove that he can be a starting cornerback for this team not only this year but but for years to come because the colts did draft juju brents darius rush jalen jones they drafted all of these young cornerbacks that if isaiah rogers senior doesn't step up those young guys are going to be hungry and ready to take his spot so but i have all the confidence in the world in Isaiah Rogers senior to get it done. And I'm really excited to see what he can do getting the opportunity as the full-time starter as an outside cornerback. And I really, I really have confidence that I think, and I think he's going to flourish in that spot. And I, yeah. And I think he's also got a, an opportunity to, like you said, with his contract here, which it's hard to believe he's already been with the Colts for three seasons. 
but this is this is an opportunity for him to prove a lot of people wrong. He's going to walk in there with a chip on his shoulder. He's going to get the playing time he wanted, and he's he's like I said, he's earned his stripes. So I really do think that you're going to see a a maybe he might even have the best case out of all of these guys given the situation to have a breakout year because he is going to be out there starting a lot. He's going to be seeing a lot of snaps. He's going to be trusted with a lot of coverage responsibility. We're just going to have to see, but if there was a year for him to do it, the time is now. Came into the same draft class as Jonathan Taylor and and Michael Pittman Jr. So, to if you if those guys can be cornerstones for your team uh, for years to come, it's a hell of a haul for for a draft class. But 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 guys, keep these names in mind: Jelani Woods, Alec Pierce, Bernard Ryman, Samson Ebukam, and Isaiah Rogers Sr. are five breakout players for the 2023 season for the Indianapolis Colts. And I think there's a good chance that all five of them uh, really hit and, and show massive improvement this upcoming season. So, so make sure you keep an eye on those guys uh, on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium this fall. But let's, let's uh, put a cap on that topic and move to the latest Colts news and rumors. We've got a couple of things that have happened this week. And, and number one uh, involves a guy that is not retired. He made, he made sure to, uh, to he, or I should say he made that perfectly clear in his tweet announcing this, but former Colts quarterback, Matt Ryan is not signing with the team right now but he's headed to this studio life he's going to be an analyst uh for cbs sports uh alongside james brown uh bill cower all the other guys there in the studio talking about the football games uh on the nfl slate for cbs every sunday drake what do you think of this move i, I honestly think matt ryan will probably will crush it as an analyst uh but it was kind of funny that in his tweet announcing this he did say he was not retiring well, hey, you know what? Uh, as opposed to the latter part of his tweet, you do you, Matt Ryan. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I will. I will say that um, despite last year, man, you're talking about a guy who has who has an he has a a top ten all time mind for this kind of game. Okay, mm -hmm. this is a guy who is top ten in nearly every freaking statistical category you can have for a quarterback. Um, so he's seen some things. He's done some things. He's achieved everything but win a dang Super Bowl. So. I personally think he not only looks like he would be in this role, he talks like he would be in this role. He has the mindset to be in this role and he just, he's just smooth in his delivery. I can't wait to see the way he breaks down the game. I'm really excited actually. Matt Ryan is one of the most professional people you will ever meet in your entire life. Even in the one season uh, with the Colts and even in the, in the only couple opportunities I was there uh, getting to speak with Matt Ryan. I mean, you, you felt that immediately. So I think as an analyst, he is going to be uh, exceptional at that role. I'm excited to see him on Sundays in that CBS studio uh, talking football with the guys, but, but why it was so important that he said he wasn't retired and he's still looking for opportunities to get back on the field is because with the Colts releasing him they still owe him 12 million dollars for this year and if Matt Ryan just retires or doesn't try to pursue other opportunities within the NFL while it's very unlikely that Jim Irsay and the Colts would do this they would still have the option to try to recoup that $12 million uh, that Matt Ryan is owed. Now, again, I, I do not think that Jim Irsay and the Colts would do this. 
because of how well Matt Ryan treated them uh, in their time there. While the results didn't reflect it on the field, Matt Ryan was the ultimate professional through everything, was the ultimate team player. Uh, I don't think the Colts would do that, but at the same time, that is why Matt Ryan is saying that he's not yet retired because there's a cut that he has got 12 million reasons uh, to say that. Uh, but, but yeah, good for Matty ice. I'm going to be excited to see him in the studio on Sundays. And then the final little bit of news we have that happened this week, the eighth, Eight now the Colts have eight out of twelve draft picks signed to their rookie deals as wide receiver Josh Downs agreed to his four-year rookie deal this week. Uh, I, I, it, all of these guys eventually will be signed. There's there's no real, uh, I would say there's no real worry that that anyone won't sign. But it is good to finally have that done. And like I said, now two thirds of the 2023 draft class for the Colts signed to their rookie deals. And and are ready to just focus on football. And and I tell you what, Drake, I'm Josh Downs might be the player that I am most excited to watch outside of Anthony Richardson, of course, but the player I'm most excited to see in 2023. Yeah, four years, five point oh, just to kind of round up, five point six million dollars with a signing bonus of one point zero seven million. So uh for your first contract in the league, that's not too bad. That's a pretty big chunk of change. Look, Josh Downs is going to be such an important part of what Shane Steichen wants to do. And he fell in the draft. It was Reggie Wayne's favorite pick. Okay. There's a lot of things that not only his skill set is lining up with, but the coaches wanted this guy the whole time. Oh, and a will be surefire Hall of Fame receiver who played with arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time thought you were the best freaking receiver in the draft. Now you're with this guy learning from him. So um, if you if you have any doubts about Josh Downs, go again. I'm going to say this until I can't say it anymore until the regular season. Go watch with the next pick. You will see what looks like the birth of Anakin Skywalker from Star Wars. I'm telling you, <laughs> the NFL is going to be dealing with Darth Vader in the slot. This dude was not happy that he fell to the third round, but he was just as mad as he was that he fell. He was equally as excited to be a part of the Colts, and it is one of the most just emotional things I've ever seen, and it'll make you smile if you're a Colts fan to have that guy on your side. I love that analogy. That was that was spot on. And hey, for Josh Downs, when he woke up the morning after signing that contract, taking a look at his bank bank account and seeing that that Chris Mill signing bonus wired directly into his account, I'm sure it was a pretty good morning for for Josh Downs. But yeah, absolutely, I'm excited to see what he can do on the field. Uh, I think he is going to be crucial to the Shane Steichen offense as that quick win wide receiver across the middle. And and like we've talked about before, the dude catches everything he is so determined he's already working to create a connection with anthony richardson and and this duo could cause a lot of problems for nfl defenses for years to come but that's our show uh for this evening guys really appreciate everybody tuning in again no it wasn't live sorry about that but we will be live again next time and and if you haven't done so already please go ahead and follow us on all the things go ahead and like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow horseshoe huddle on twitter at colts on fn subscribe to horseshoe huddle on youtube and hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i are going live destin and shot are going live uh when there's any other news coming out of the horseshoe huddle youtube in fact just yesterday uh or, or Wednesday night, I should say, our own Zach Hicks 
released a film interview with Zaire Franklin of the Indianapolis Colts. Go ahead and check that out. That one's a lot of fun. Zaire is always uh, great talking to us. So really appreciate him for coming on, coming on. And, and for those that, that can't watch us on YouTube, please go ahead and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate that as well. Drake, I know you've been cooking in the lab, writing up a bunch of pieces. What can the people take a look at on horseshoehuddle.com that you've fantastically written up? Oh man, thank you so much. Uh, the just to kind of keep it quick, I, I wrote the Josh Downs uh, newser about his his contract and just how now this man can focus. This I'm telling you, this guy's going to explode in the NFL. Now I can focus on football. And one that I'm going to be releasing is five key matchups for Anthony Richardson to shine in in the 2023 season. Awesome. That'll be fun. That'll be a fun read. Definitely check that out. I myself have a couple pieces up on the site. I did a, a piece on Colts seventh round offensive tackle Jake Witt. He has a fantastic story, which I will dive into deeper uh, later in the later in the summer on my rookie file series, but just kind of giving an overview of Jake Witt's story, how he went from a transfer uh, from playing basketball to taking a year off of sports to find it, uh, becoming an NFL player. So go check that out. And also Dio Dangbo has put on 11 pounds of muscle. The dude is six foot six and has gone from 274 to 285. That is a big man, not to mention his 86 and a half inch wingspan. And, and, and in year three, Dio Dangbo is ready to take that next step. So that was a fun one. Go ahead and check out his comments from this week. You can follow Drake at D Walster Drake on Twitter. You can follow myself at Andrew Moore NFL. And we will be back Monday night to talk more Colts football with you guys. And we will be back live. So until then, everybody have a safe and fun weekend. And we'll talk more Colts on Monday.